We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more podcasts. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game right, with right. MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier the place to bet on all your favorite pro and college Radio. football action every weekend. I'm Barrow, they always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on Rams the planet. So if you're going to be betting Johnny this season, Gomez, Johnny, do the smart thing and bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try parlay. Pick your locks for the week, then put them together in one parlay bet. And when they all come through, the rewards are huge. Best and part is, if you join right now, iBookie will double uh, not, not your really, first deposit. But, That's um, right. If you put in $1,000, I'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial you, deposit. Like so you the Rams kind of made it out like bandits picks. in this one. But uh, before we get into that, I'll, I'll uh, let you do the overcast of this podcast. Uh, everybody's favorite part when we talk about. The podcast that you're already listening to and where you can get it. For our new listeners, if you're streaming this, wherever, you can get our podcast literally anywhere. You can get your podcast, essentially. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple. It, Apple, iTunes, the same shit. Google Play, uh, Radio Public, Spotify. Uh, if we're not somewhere where you're getting your podcast, tell us and we will get there. And, of course, don't forget to check out the other shows on the feed, Ramstalk Radio, Ram Uncensored, 
and Rampage Radio. And of course, if you want a chance to win a $75 gift card to NFLshop.com, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Send a screenshot of your review to Ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Let us know who's entering. You'll be entered to win that. You'll be entered to win that gift card. But hey, let's get into the Rams here. Akeep Talib traded to the... <laughs> oh, poor guy. Miami Dolphins. We traded Talib and a fifth round pick to get a future seventh round pick. Now, I do want to get a little bit into the the backstory of this trade before we get into it. A lot of people... right? So this this has been rumored for about a week now. Uh, there were some rumors that Akeep Talib actually rejected some trades he got offered. Uh, I guess, you know, if he's not going to get traded to a contender, might as well go live in Miami. Can't blame the guy. Uh, we basically give up, we give up a fifth round pick to make Miami take on his salary. We get a future seventh rounder and return. And it'll probably be meaningless pick. Uh, but the big thing about this was it's being speculated that they made this move to clear up space to sign Jalen Ramsey to an extension. Now, the obvious question is, why would they trade a player in a contract year who's going to be a free agent to clear up space to extend Jalen Ramsey, who's under contract for uh, under contract next year and then after that? I would be willing to guess, and this is something that happens in sports, is you clear up half space, and I believe we did this, or we were trying to do this with Aaron Donald. I don't remember if we actually did, uh, but... You clear up cap space so you can give your guy more money this season. What that what that would do for the Rams is, you let, let's say they agree to a contract with Jalen Ramsey's agent for a certain amount of money over a certain amount of years. If that number is already agreed upon, then maybe you go to Jalen Ramsey you say, hey, we will take this $9 million that's a part of your contract and give it to you right now so that the the back end of your contract will be a little lighter on us works out for everybody the rams are able to get less money in the back end of jalen ramsey's contract jalen ramsey's getting nine million dollars in his hands this season which uh is the amount of cap space that the rams currently have after moving on from their other cornerbacks so it seems like that is the logical idea here i don't do you agree with that yeah, I mean, considering nothing really happened, that seems like the best option at this point. Because, like you said, um, this isn't this isn't something that can really use for the future per se. So, I think it in, in essence that's what they're trying to accomplish here is trying to get something going for Jalen Ramsey. And if that's the case, that that will work out in the Rams' favor completely, especially going into uh you know the upcoming years trying to get other guys signed for you know upcoming free agency and maybe even bring in a few guys as we both know there's quite a few guys that they have to really put some consideration in because there's no way that the Rams could bring back all of them no and that that might be a podcast for next week with the bye maybe we talk about who's who's going to be back and who's not but like you know they're freeing up this cash space now and they don't go out and make another trade. Uh, you know, maybe they thought they had something in the pipeline, but I, I can't imagine they were that close on anything. Uh, given that nobody really moved the, the only guy that it seemed like they'd actually 
have a chance at getting is Trent Williams, who's expensive and doesn't play guard. So it, it would not be that pressing of a need. I think they made this completely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Independent. I couldn't think of independent. They made this move pretty independently of other tr- potential trades, and it's really to put more mo- more money into Jalen ha- Ramsey's hands today rather than in the future, which it, it, I think I think is a smart move overall. And like, you don't just give away a keep to leave to save money this season. You know what I mean? That's a guy that you might need down the line, even though he's hasn't been very good this year at all. Uh, you know, if Troy Hill. We'll get to Troy. Uh, if Troy Hill were to go down with an injury or something, we'd be starting uh, Darius Williams or David Long alongside Jell Ramsey. So I don't, I don't think you just give a keep to leave away unless you you think you can get something done on the Ramsey side. And it seems like that's the path that they're looking at right here. Um, but we got to talk about what it means for the rest, the roster, the rest of the season now that Tlaib is gone. Uh, Johnny, your boy looking pretty damn good out there, Troy Hill. I'm not going to lie, man. He made the pro football focus all NFL team last week. Troy Hill. He was the most targeted cornerback. Don't call me verbatim on this. It was something like he was the most targeted cornerback on the day and still finished like second overall in in his grade. He's going to be locked in as a starting quarterback, cornerback for the rest of the season. Uh, like you could, you could sit here and say, "Well, they got David Long. Maybe he's gonna." No, David Long's not gonna start this season, barring injury. I cannot imagine that 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 would happen at all. Um, but how you feel, man? Troy Hill locked in. Uh, Williams Long. That's a depth. Nick Alroby Coleman obviously starting out of the slot. How do you feel about the secondary and, and of course, Jalen Ramsey? This is the unit we're pretty much going with moving forward. Uh, how do you feel about it? Okay, wait. Before we go, I got the stat. No cor- This is quote from Pro Football Focus. No cornerback was targeted more than Troy Hill in Week 8, and he still finished second in overall grade at his position. He allowed just three receptions for uh, from 11 targets for 45 yards, no touchdowns, two first downs. He quoted three forced incompletions and missed zero tackles in coverage. He's our guy for the rest of the year. How confident are you in him? Okay, so there's a couple things I'd like to point out, and not to sound like a Troy Hill hater, because I will sprinkle a little bit of praise at the end. So wait for the praise. But there is a lot of misleading stats there. First off, we got to calm down a second. Uh, we We were up against the Bengals. (laughs) But <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there, man. You know, not no disrespect to the Bengals or the people of Cincinnati, but the team sucks. Like, I don't, I don't know if you could say they're the worst team because I don't know. There, there, there's some competition, I guess, but they might as well be, man. We, uh, they're just, they're just awful. The whole. The whole team is awful. But putting that aside, the other reason why he was mostly targeted is because the other side is Jalen Ramsey. And while he did let that one play go, and as he said, he just got bored out there. (laughs) 
Um, you, uh, <laughs> what a ridiculous, what a ridiculous statement. I, I love it. <laughs> I got bored I mean, out there. I, I, I thought it was honest, man. Uh, he could have said some bullshit. Like, um, I don't know. He could have said like, Oh yeah. I, uh, I had a misstep and you know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't catch up again or some, something like that. No, he was honest. He was like, I was just bored out there, man. I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> And he's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he got beat because he wasn't paying attention and he just acknowledged it. it. I mean, obviously, he shouldn't do that against much better teams, but uh, I just thought that was hilarious. But anyway, back to Troy Hill. So, that that's one of the reasons why Troy Hill has, like, these amazing stats you know, this past week is because a we're playing against the Bengals and B they're not going to throw Andy Dalton. Isn't going to really target Ramsey unless he takes a playoff or he gets bored. So there's, there's that. I, am I that impressed? I'll give him some props because he could have screwed up. He could have made things a lot more difficult where I will give him credit wasn't actually last week it was the previous week the previous week against the Atlanta Falcons they're a terrible team too there's no doubt about it but having having to guard you know a lot of these other you know talented uh, receivers that the Falcons have you know going up against uh Calvin Ridley I I know he had to cover uh Julio Jones on a time or two out there to me, that's a little yeah. more impressive than what he did this past week. Sanu that was still said, there, too. Sanu was still on the Falcons as well. That's true. Mohamed Sanu was still there at the time. So that being said, I, I will say that he's had an impressive two weeks, and that's that's something good to you know look forward to moving into uh, the tougher games that are, that are about to come up. Um, maybe not so much the – you know, the upcoming week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, um, you know, there's still... We basically have to play our entire NFC West again, Mm -hmm. which is easily the toughest division in football. I don't think there's any doubt about that at this point. You know, it's it's impressive that the Rams are 5-3, and and they're in third place, and they're not even... They're not even trying to, you know, maintain a decent record. They're trying to compete in a division where five and three is not even a, a it's not even a record that should be. A, it, it's not a record that you shouldn't actually consider as a bad record. I mean, if you compare it to the rest of the league, it's it's actually a pretty good record. But if you compare it to the NFC West, it's like. Damn, the Rams still have a lot of catching up to do. Third place, yeah, losing those, yeah, they, I mean, losing those three games were tough, and you know now they have to go back face both the Seahawks, face both the uh, um, the Cardinals twice, right? Yeah, they have to face the Cardinals yeah. twice, and they have to play the 49ers one more time. And I'm thinking, damn, that that's still a tough road ahead. 
So I have to play the Ravens, so on and so forth. So, yeah, Troy Hill is going to be <laughs> – he's going to be tested a lot. So I'm glad that he's gaining, like, all this confidence now. And I am I am still confident, honestly. I would prefer to have Tlaib over him still, even though he had, like, a lot of missteps um, this – you know, at the beginning of the season. But – being real even if Talib came back he'd still have to try and get back to form and that's never easy coming off an injury and you know Troy Hill is going to be a better option overall just because he's been battling it all season long so you pair him up with Jalen Ramsey obviously Hill's going to get the bulk of the targets and hopefully he can he can manage between him and and uh Nicole Roby Coleman, I think will be as solid at, at secondary. And yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about seeing how Hill progresses and maybe to see Ramsey get in some more action as well. Pretty stoked about how Hill progresses. Y'all heard it on the record from Johnny Gomez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's take a break quick break here and I'm gonna get respond. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Yeah, so I I think even though the schedule is tough here, I, I think he'll I, – it'll be a test for him, but I think he'll be okay because you look at – Look at the teams we're playing. They're all good teams. Uh, we, The Cardinals, the Bears, the Steelers, I know they're not that good, but those are not cakewalk games uh, like the last two we played. And then obviously, Ravens, Seahawks, Niners, the Cowboys, those are all legit teams uh, that, that will probably or will be fighting for playoff spots with us. Um, but we, you got Jalen Ramsey out there, so he's going to benefit from that. And really, like, the the most talented two receiver that he's gonna be have to go up against is probably like Michael Gallup, I would say. Um, maybe Christian Kirk uh, if Larry Fitzgerald draws Ramsey. So I don't think it'll be like I think we can keep the ship afloat because uh, with Ramsey out there, who's gonna be shadowing ones, you would you would assume. Uh, I think I think is going to benefit him greatly, and I think he'll be okay. And to leave, man, he, it's it's kind of crazy how him and Marcus Peters are already both gone. Uh, we traded picks for them last year, and they're just not here anymore after a year and a half. No regrets on the trades. We don't get to a Super Bowl without either of those guys, but it's crazy. They're already gone. It's because you blink. You blinked, man. You blink and you miss it. Uh, obviously, I've said my piece on Peters. Talib is a captain. Everybody loved him. It's great to have him here. Uh, if we didn't trade him, I wish we could have kept him on a cheap contract just for the leadership and whatnot. But uh, it sucks to see him go. Um, let, let's move on, though. We talked enough about the cornerbacks. Brandon Cooks knocked out of this game with a concussion. His second concussion of the month. He got a concussion earlier against Seattle. Um, this is not his, I believe it's his fourth, maybe fifth concussion in the NFL. 
obviously had one famously in the Super Bowl uh, while he was with the Patriots, got knocked out pretty early. He also had one uh, earlier, early on in his Saints career. But seeing a specialist, um, and look, I hope for the best. He's seen a specialist this week in Pittsburgh, but Johnny, we're not doctors, so I like. I don't think we can sit here and analyze whether or not he's going to play again this year or ever. Yeah, as far as uh, as far as Cooks is concerned, you you gotta. I think it's a good idea for him to see a specialist. This this is a serious injury that I mean has been a controversy that's been surrounding the NFL for the past decade really and to have it so frequently now for Cooks he has to think about life after football because what happens if he gets another concussion you know this is this is something that can really affect his life after football so in a way I wouldn't I don't blame him at all to get a specialist, I wouldn't blame him if he wants to, you know, sit out a few games just so he can fully recover and, you know, monitor that as much as possible because, you know, we, we've seen it with a lot of legendary players where they felt like they should have gotten better protection and should have monitored, you know, their head injuries more than they did. So... As far as Cooks is concerned, if he wanted to sit the rest of the season, I wouldn't blame the guy. And obviously I wouldn't want to see that happen because, you know, <laughs> obviously you, you want a guy like Brandon Cooks on the field. But this this goes beyond football. So would I blame the guy if he if he just wanted to retire at this point? Not necessarily. You know, I, I would I would want him to consider all his options. And if he feels comfortable playing, then by all means go out on the field. But if he if if it's a better option for his health, his long term health to just retire, then I think that's a good idea. Also, it, it'd be a sad day for Ramsey, and I sincerely hope that it doesn't come to that point. And I don't think it will, but um, I think it's something to keep in mind and to kind of really keep it into perspective. I I think the Rams, even if that, if the worst possible thing happens and he does decide to, you know, uh, take a few games off or, you know, maybe even hang the cleats. uh, I think the Rams would still be fine because as we saw in the game, albeit it was against the Bengals, they still have a lot of talent at wide receiver. You know, obviously you can't replace a Brandon cooks, but, Seeing seeing Reynolds in there and making the most of the opportunities out there, Josh Reynolds had a pretty decent game. And I think that if push comes to shove, if if uh, Cooks has to take some time off, I, I think Josh Reynolds would be able to step up and become that you know valuable uh, wide receiver that the Rams had when they had to replace you know Cooper Cup last season. So. And kudos to Cooper Cup too. He had one hell of a game. Yeah, Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, thank, thank you too. Also, I'm gonna say thank you to him because he's on my fantasy team, and boy, he saved my team big time. 
I traded in one of my leagues, and after like week three, uh, I traded Dak Prescott and Cooper Cup for Keenan Allen, and I am losing that trade. Uh, oh, you lost, dude! You, uh, you totally lost. I lost. That's every time I trade a Rams player, they they go off. Uh, so I need to stop doing that. I <laughs> I Reynolds played great. But I do want to say some people are saying like we're better with Reynolds and Cooks. I've seen that take looming. That's not true, guys. Let's kill no. that take. Uh, Cooks, he's a little overpaid for what he does, but he's still a very, very good receiver. Um, and he's he's better than Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds provides some different things, but uh, Josh Reynolds is all supposed to be that big body, end zone target. And every time we throw him a fade, it doesn't work. The Rams need to just... Never run a goal line fade for the rest of their existence, dude. I don't think it's ever worked since I've been watching the Rams for the last like 15 years. And maybe, maybe with Tory Holt, it worked. It never, I, and I still got PTSD from that. Kellen Clemens to Brian Quick goal line fade for the win against Seattle or maybe Tennessee one year, which obviously did not work. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I, Jesus, Clemens. Kellen Clementine, I I hope I hope Cooks can play this year. I hope he can come back. Uh, if it's best for him, if it's best for him to hang it up, which I really hope that doesn't happen. You gotta you gotta do what's best for your health, man. And it's, concussions are scary, but I I would guess he plays again this year. Maybe not for a couple of weeks. Um, and just to throw it out there for for everyone to know. We would still take a huge dead cap hit next season if he were to retire. That money doesn't just disappear from our salary cap. So we should all be wanting him to play if if he if it's best for him. Um, but I'm with you, man. We're we're slightly worse without him at receiver, but that's the deepest position on the team. Josh Reynolds had a great game, and uh, he's been a great depth receiver for us, as you mentioned last year. Uh, Cooper Cup has become the best play- receiver on the team. I don't think there's any denying that. Uh, and maybe, hey, maybe Robert Woods will show up again. Uh, not that it's his fault, but he's killing my fantasy team. So, Bobby, I would love it. I would love it if you start doing shit again. He's on pace for under 1,000 yards. Uh, a lot of that is because Cooper Cup is getting all the targets. Robert Woods got two this week he caught both of them uh he had one more target than brandon cooks who got knocked out on the first drive of the game so <laughs> bobby come on buddy um let, let's talk a little about steve, the bank what's up steve can, can you trade can you trade robert woods so that he could you know start uh having a better season i think that would be amazing i i did I did trade him in one of my leagues, but I own him in so many places. Uh, I got reverse curse on that one because I traded him for Carry On Johnson, who is no longer with us on the field. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, he, don't love that one. Um, let, let, I guess let's talk about the Bengals game a little before we move on. Uh, obviously, we walk out of there with a twenty-four to ten win. Felt like it should have been more. Uh. I mean, outside of that, you know, that that Cooper Cup play was incredible. Uh, that, like, triple reverse flea thicker touchdown. But, dude, this was a pretty 
boring football game and a win is a win and we needed it but maybe I'm in the minority it, it was not an inspiring win and I get resting Todd Gurley in the second half sure uh, you rest some other guys when you can it's fine it just felt like they took their foot off the gas in the second half uh, and you could have you could have kept slinging it even without Gurley out there um I, I don't know, man. It just it felt like you should have won by more. And the Bengals are fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> and they bar- they barely covered the spread. They miraculously covered the spread uh, because that that call got over that touchdown got overturned with like ten seconds left. Yeah, actually, I, I was I was thinking to myself the whole time because I also have the Rams defense on on my team. I'm like, you better not allow a fucking touchdown in the last seconds of the game. But thankfully they didn't. Now, (laughs) it it was a very uninspiring game. It was, to be quite honest with you, I'd say it's the most boring game of the year. And And that's considering that game against the San Francisco 49ers where the offense did jack shit. So... You have, you have like this god awful opponent in the Bengals, and you know you should be able to win by a lot more. And in reality, they could have. I'm not saying that they needed to ha- apply a mercy rule here or anything, but at, at least you know act like you give a damn out there. the The offense was really on autopilot. It looked like. You know, the first half you looked at the offense, and they actually played relatively well. Bro, and then they you played look- great. They played great. This is, I think this was even with the lackluster second half. This is probably Goff's best game of the year. Um, no, no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and goddamn, he should he should have a a, a good game against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing about that is I I don't really know what happened in the second half. I, I really hope it was just it was just the, the offense just kinda losing the sense of urgency because clearly the Rams were gonna win the game. I don't think that was ever a question. But still, like I sincerely hope that McVeigh and the Rams offense wasn't trying too hard in the in the second half because if they were this is this is this is kind of a sad offensive anything really because remember this is the Bengals you know the winless Bengals the one the ones that haven't registered to win yep by the way did I mention that they haven't won yet <laughs> a, a lot of people think that McVeigh didn't want to embarrass Zach Taylor, uh, being being a good big brother, uh, <laughs> keeping it close ish. Uh, but you, I mean, yeah, for for a game where we only won by fourteen, there was not a second in this game where I thought we were gonna lose, and that's that has outside of la- last week and this week, I think are the only two games all season where I felt that, uh, and in the Saints game primarily because of adrenaline and my hatred for that team. Uh, (laughs) And I I don't want to get too negative here because, like, a win is a win. And and 
well, I guess if a win is a win, why are we even talking about it? Uh, our, our, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that thought. <laughs> but this game, this game just deflated my brain. And it's, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. We, we beat the fucking Bengals by 14 and they're terrible. And what, what more do we make out of it? Goff, it was his best game of the year. That's not, he was slinging, he was playing great, but that's also not saying much because truthfully from front to back, this might be his only great game of the year, uh, which sucks, but hey, here we it are. It wasn't like he was flawless either. No, but he was, in that first half, he was incredible. Uh, that's that's the golf we want to see all season, but um, second half wasn't fantastic. And obviously, we're playing against a, a pretty terrible defense. Um, compared to the first two years under McVay, uh, his completion percentage is the lowest it's been. His yards per throw is the lowest it's been. His QB rating is the lowest it's been by 15 points. QBR, lowest it's been by over 10. Um, Got to figure it out in the bye week, man. But this was a good start. Uh, the last two weeks, the big thing, the big thing here, I think for Goff, um, is that yeah, I don't think he's turned the ball over in three weeks. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't turn the ball over against San Francisco. He didn't do anything against San Francisco, but I don't believe he turned the ball over and turnovers were for him, not good, uh, for the first six weeks of the season. I believe Five he weeks. did actually turn the ball over against the 49ers. When though I I know um we turned the ball over when Daryl Henderson fumbled I believe that was the only turnover of the game which kind of makes it even more pathetic but uh, I'm I'm gonna pull the box score but I yeah, I, I mean if I'm not mistaken I believe he fumbled the ball to Eric Armstead also yeah if... you are right I am wrong. I like the sound of that. <laughs> well, I don't know, because they don't list... Uh, ESPN doesn't list a fumble for Daryl Henderson either, though. Uh, Goff has two, had two fumbles. It says he only lost one of them, but they don't credit a fumble to Daryl Henderson. That's wrong, then. Yeah, so... <laughs> I don't know who's right. Um, yeah, they ESPN doesn't give... So I, I think I think he, he did fumble to Eric Armstead, but I think he recovered it. Uh, any anyways, who cares? Uh, you got any thoughts on Goff at all? Don't need just you if that you if <laughs> <laughs> just that uh, if if the Goff that showed up in the first half continues to show up playing because one of the things I did notice about Goff in this game was he was uh, taking more risks and he was kind of. He was a lot more accurate than he had been in any of the weeks, really. That was kind of the golf we were used to seeing. And if we can see that more heading into, you know, the tougher games, the Rams will be all right. In fact, they'll be more than all right. And uh, hopefully this is the golf that we see, uh, not so much second half golf. If we see second half golf, then this is it's going to be a tough season. Yeah, and I look. Last two weeks have been real promising. I believe hasn't been sacked in two weeks. That was another big thing. Um, 
obviously got sacked a shitload against San Francisco. So, look, if if he could play, yeah, if he could play like this, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to play like he did against the Vikings every week. Uh, if he plays like he did the last two weeks every week, we will get by and we will win games. And if the offensive line can continue to protect him enough like they've been doing, uh, we will be able to win with that as long as he's not missing throws, uh, which I don't – he didn't really miss much of anything in, in this Bengals game, so good for him. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. As a true football fan, you already know just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. So if you're going to be betting this season, do the smart thing and bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try parlay. Pick your locks for the week, then put them together in one parlay bet. And when they all come through, the rewards are huge. Best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit so you can use it on all your favorite picks. Use promo code MASSIVELATEFEE to activate the offer. That's promo code MASSIVELATEFEE, and you'll double your cash when you sign up. Visit mybookie.ag today. My bookie. You play. You win, you get paid. All right. So let's let's kind of take a look down the rest of the schedule here, Johnny, and you know, kind of just lay out the whole situation for the Rams as they head into the bye week. Five and three. Uh, we are in seventh place in the conference currently. We are in third place in the NFC West. One game out of the wild card. Had a certain kicker made a forty yard field goal. We would be six and two in second in the NFC West and controlling a wild card spot. Obviously, that didn't happen. We lost to the Seahawks, so here we are. Rest of the schedule down the way. On the road against the Steelers, home against the Bears. Neither of those teams are what we thought they'd be going getting into the season. Those should be wins, but so should have Tampa Bay. Home against the Ravens, that'll be a good game. At Arizona, home against Seattle. At Dallas, at San Francisco, close it out at home against the Cardinals. Gun to your head, what record do you see the Rams finishing with as of today? Oof. Don't put the spotlight on me or anything, it's man. It's on. It's shining on you. Ugh, God. Um, <laughs> the optimist in me would like to see them win the rest of their games. But the logical thinker in me assumes it's going to be a little bit harder to do that. So I still think that overall they've made the necessary improvements primarily at offensive line. Thank God Jamil Demby is not there anymore. I mean, pretty much has been a healthy scratch. Crazy. He's a healthy scratch. That's wild. He was starting. Yeah, that says a lot. Um, but even though David Edwards is not the ideal replacement, he's certainly light years ahead of Jamil Demby. And that says a lot. So 
I think overall, I think the Rams are still a talented enough team to win more games than they'll lose for the rest of the season. So I would stick with a finish with a 10-6 and six record, I think, would be fair. I agree. I I also have them going ten and six. The homer in me wants to lean eleven and five. Hell, I I could see them going twelve and four. I I don't I wouldn't bet on it, but I think anything between nine and seven to twelve and four wouldn't shock me. I think ten and six feels right. Maybe eleven and five, uh, but this is not an easy stretch of games. We've lost to Tampa Bay already. Uh, so we know we could blow a game to a, a random team that we should beat. But, you know, looking at the schedule right now, I I think we... I'm curious to see how they play the Ravens. But I would say we probably drop that game against in San Francisco. And then we probably drop the Ravens game. You know what? You know what, Johnny? I'm going to say 11 and 5. I'm going to do it. Put me on the record. 11 and 5. Because I think they beat Seattle at home. I think it's a game they're really going to want to win. And I don't know. We've, we've had Dallas's number. We've had their number lately. I think we beat them again. Uh, and I, I don't think they're that great. Um, I, the Ravens, I definitely think we can beat. But... I don't know, man. I, I think Lamar Jackson's going to give us fucking fits. And I don't think we're going to be able to stop that that rushing attack. And then, look, how can it any... I know we can beat the 49ers. I don't think they're that much better than us. But after watching that game, how can any sane person say that we can beat them, given what they did to our offensive line? And look, if our offense played mediocre, we probably win that game against San Francisco because our defense played yeah our defense played very well and while they're the best team in the NFC right now record wise they probably are the best team in the NFC right now period as much as we all hate to say it that offense is not that good and if you get a game where a team can take advantage of that defense I don't think that offense is going to be able to keep up even though how good they look against Carolina um I just think that we can keep that offense at bay. It's going to be on our offense to beat them the next time we face, and then if we get to the playoffs and and ha- have it out with them. Uh, don't you got to be careful, man? Because uh, you might you might end up sounding like Bruce Irvin. <laughs> Bruce Irvin, <laughs> loving the Forty ers huh? Well, for those of you that don't know, Bruce Irvin said a quote, a kind of laughable quote, after the the game where the Panthers just got thrashed by the 49ers. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the score was like 52 to 13 or something like that. But um, <laughs> after the game, they interviewed Bruce Irvin and he says he doesn't think the 49ers are that good. <laughs> and, and, you know, while I kind of agree with them, I feel like the 49ers are like a really hyped up team. 
that's not something you say after your team got their asses handed to them. You know, 52 to 13 is a thrashing. You know, just just sit down for certain. Just just sit down. They're plus 130 in point differential. That's that's fucking unbelievable. Plus <laughs> 130. Uh, I guess the Patriots are plus 89, but um. That's crazy. Uh, And they played some cupcake teams, but they beat us. They handed it to us, and they beat some decent teams. Uh, Their schedule is going to get tough. Uh, So we'll we'll see how they play a stretch of games. Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, Atlanta, I know it's cakewalk, us, Seattle, to end the season. So uh, truthfully, though, which sucks – they're going to be, they're probably going to have eight, nine, ten wins by then, and they're probably going to make the playoffs anyways. If they if they get to that point at um, nine and one, they're going to be fine. They're going to be in the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, I mean, how do you think this shakes out? Because we're seventh right now, and if we go ten and six, it is not a guarantee that we're in the playoffs. We're going to be fighting for a wild card with our divisional opponents. We're 0-2 in the division. And the Vikings, who we don't play. But, you know, conference record, they're, they might have us beat. Because we already lost three games in the conference. <clears throat> Do you think, let's say we go 10-6, and you think that gets us in the playoffs? I think if we go 10-6, and we should be fine. It won't be easy, but I think it. I think it'll be uh, it'll be close. But I think the Rams will still make it. If we go any anywhere lower, like nine and seven, there's no way, not at all. I I hate to say it, but that that Greg Zerline missed field goal might be what keeps us out of the playoffs because that game is going to matter. Uh, deep and. I shouldn't be saying this because all offseason I've been talking about how games don't come down to one play, but that, that's just what I'm saying. But um, I don't know, man. I think we got to get to 11 and five to feel good. I, I really do, and I think there's a chance if we go 11 and five, we don't make the playoffs because this is stacked right now. We need to be praying for a Minnesota regression, which is definitely possible. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, they look like a pretty pretty good football club right now, and I don't know, man. I, th- I think eleven and five. Obviously, what we should be shooting for is thirteen and three, but eleven and five is where you're going to feel good. Ten and six, I don't know. I, I honestly don't think that gets the playoffs this year, given how the tiebreakers are going to play out. Speaking of uh, cupcake schedules, do you know the Patriots' schedule for the rest of the season? They they got a couple tougher opponents coming up, but then it get, it turns back into a cakewalk near the end of the season. I know that. Yeah, so I have their schedule up. They have the Ravens uh, this week. Then they go to the Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. 
so that that five game stretch is tough though coming up that's obvious look obviously new england is the best team in the nfl right now obviously they're good uh these next five games are going to let us know if they're just the classic every year good patriots or if they're like 07 level good patriots uh because the numbers indicate they are but the best team they played all year is buffalo and buffalo is not that good uh at all uh, they're they're a fake a fake winning record is what i'm going to call them so the ravens are good the chiefs are good the texans are pretty good uh eagles cowboys are pretty good so We'll see how how good this team really is, but I'm not saying that because I don't think they're good. They're clearly good. If if you're saying they're not good, you're just fucking wrong, man. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, this is clearly a good, great football team, but we'll see how great they are in the next couple weeks. They're not good, man. <laughs> uh, before we move on, let's throw a quick shout out to our friends at the Big Heads Podcast Network, Cooking with Grief. I am Chris. And I'm also Chris. And together we do a comedy podcast called Cooking with Grief. Each week we dive into four surprising facts about anything from science to history to the weird world we live in, making jokes about all of it as we go along. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also find us on Twitter at Cooking with Grief. No G on cooking. Glitter, apparently, is so unique that it can be effectively used as forensic evidence. The Bank of England's chief economist has urged to start using people's Spotify playlist as a way of measuring the economy. In China, Avengers has been translated as Fulian, or Women's Federation. Not only did the Russians capture the uh, Crimean Peninsula, they also captured some Ukrainian military dolphins. In Pinocchio, in the film becomes a real boy. In the original, it ends with a cat and a fox hanging him from a tree. <laughs> just... Scientists have wiped a snail's memory. <laughs> and Slytherin's going, can't we have an extensive <laughs> series of tunnels sort of wide enough to fit a giant people-killing snake? Where do you fall on the, uh, on the scone-scone debate? Scone, obviously. Oh, I've got scone. So, what have you got to lose? Give us a try. Nothing to lose but your sweet, precious time. Yeah, that's true. Alright. Uh, okay, so we have to talk about this. Uh, a little around the league here. Brandon motherfucking Allen. Starting quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, he's getting a shot with the Denver Broncos this week with uh, with Joe Flacco slamming the coaching staff before heading to the injury report and being ruled out for this game. Brandon Allen locked and loaded at the quarterback. Johnny, my question for you is how quickly in this game does he get pulled for Drew Locke? (laughs) You have little faith. Maybe it's a trick question. Maybe he doesn't get pulled at all. Uh, I don't know. I... I I can sit here and say I don't think this guy is that bad, but I have no idea how good he is. And he couldn't even beat out Sean Mannion for a backup quarterback job. So, in reality, he probably isn't that good. But who knows? Who knows? I, I'm curious to see how he plays in a real football game. In all fairness, though, you don't necessarily know how much of that is the Rams just trying to protect, 
protect their draft investment as opposed to just adding, you know, basically a journeyman. So <laughs> there's that. But Sean, Sean Mannion being our backup for four years makes me respect the Jets for just cutting Ja'Kai Polite immediately when they realized it wasn't happening. <laughs> at least at least they just realized it wasn't there and they got rid of him. Uh, well, uh, when you put it that way. But <laughs> to answer your question, I, I do think that they, they'll let Brandon Allen, like, finish the game I think it would be extremely weird and kind of in bad taste for them to you know just yank him uh, you know in the middle of the game unless he's like throwing like five interceptions yeah I think they'll they'll let him at least finish the game but I think at some point they will put in Drew Locke just because you know this is the guy that they essentially invested in so I imagine at some point that you have to roll the dice with Drew Locke if, uh, you know, Flacco can't, you know, go. So why not? You know, he may not be ready quite yet, but having in-game experience might do him some good. So I I, I think that Brandon Allen will will do okay. But in the end, probably the next week or the following week, Considering Flacco doesn't return, I I have a feeling Drew Locke will step in. Yeah, we'll see. I actually think he makes it the game. Uh, if Flacco's out for an extended period of time, the if they think Locke is ready at all, they'll probably throw him in there. Uh, but they probably don't want Locke to turn into another Paxton Lynch. So we will see. Oof. We will see what happens there. But hey, I'm curious to see. How Allen plays. I'm interested. Uh, with a real team, starters and all, good receivers, never never really had that chance with, with the Rams in the preseason. Um, trade deadline, come and gone. Nothing really happened. I mean, you get any thoughts here? I, I cannot believe that the Redskins didn't trade Trent Williams. I cannot believe that. Apparently, they were asking for multiple picks and young, talented players. How fucking tone deaf are you that you got a guy who's held out all year, who said he was refusing to come play for the for the team? Although I, I'm not sure if this is true, but I I think I saw Trent. Yeah, he rejoined the Redskins today. But like, come on, man, he doesn't want to be there. How do you not trade him? He didn't play for you at all. I contract year. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, I'm a little surprised he actually came back. Well. From what I understand, he did come back, but he says that he still has no intention of playing for the Redskins. So I don't know what exactly that means. Um, but if if it's what it sounds like it means, it sounds like he ain't going to play for the Redskins. And uh, if that's the case, why wouldn't you trade him? Even, like, first of all, I, I realize how talented Trent Williams is, and I get it. Finding a left tackle in the league is not easy. So you're, you're going to want to get the most out of him. I get that a hundred percent, but you're essentially prolonging, you know, trading him because if I'm not mistaken, he still has one more year left on his contract with the Redskins. I could be wrong about that. I think he does, but I think he does. Yeah. 
So from what I understand, the argument there is that they feel like teams aren't desperate enough to trade for him now that they'll be more desperate in the offseason right before the draft. I don't know where the logic is there. You know, there there are so many teams out there, especially teams that are that are, you know, trying to get in the playoffs or are already there and just trying to strengthen their team that would love to have Trent Williams. And you even have the Browns who will in all likelihood have a, you know, lower draft pick, maybe not as low as they used to be. But still a lower draft pick. Well, well, uh, they don't have any first round picks, I believe. I think that, or I think they traded it for Odell. Yeah, and that's true. But if the Browns were offering their second round pick, which I think is is actually kind of a fair trade. Yeah, probably gonna be like a top forty five pick at worst. Probably a top forty pick. Yeah, you're essentially getting a late first round pick. Yep. So, why wouldn't you make this move? I, I, it just baffles me. And then to go and think that that teams will be more desperate at the beginning of the off season, I, I, I don't know. The logic is just not there, and I, I can understand the frustration of the Redskins fan base at this point because that was just plain stupid. Um. Yeah. I unbelievable that he's still on the team. That's insane to me, uh, mind blowing. Like AJ Green, I-, I get why you'd want to trade him, get something before that contract runs up. But he, by all counts, he wants to be there. So if he wants to be there, let him be there. Let him catch passes from whoever the fuck they just benched Andy Dalton for uh, on their middling team that might not win a game this season uh, under offensive genius Zach Taylor. Johnny, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fine. Final question here, Priya. I'll give you my answer first because we didn't talk about it before the show. If you could have one wish for the Rams to come true during this bye week, what would it be? Mine would be that the Monstars return and give Austin Blythe his powers back so he remembers how to play offensive guard competently because I think that would help our team a lot. Um, I will... After hearing your answer, I'll kind of steal it a little bit. Except instead of Austin Blythe, I'll say Rob ha- uh, Havenstein or Havenstein. I-, I still don't know how to pronounce his <laughs> damn last name. He al- he always throws me off too. <sighs> anyway, if we can give him his power back, I'd be grateful because really at this point the only competent offensive lineman the Rams have is Whitworth, who's an aging veteran, 38 years old. And, and Whitworth, dude, the penalties these guys are getting is crazy. Like, Whitworth is getting flagged a, a pretty decent amount. And, yeah, that's for what dumb I'm saying. Shit, like, for, yeah, like, for dumb shit he's getting flagged for, which is which is surprising to me. And Havenstein goes off sides like every game. Oh, God. It, it Havenstein has easily become one of the most aggravating players on the team. And I just, I don't know what happened because if 
if you look at how he played last year, you know, yeah, he wasn't perfect, but he played extremely well compared to what he's doing now. And I think that's the frustrating part because there's a reason why he got a contract extension because there's no way in hell that Snead gives this guy a contract extension. I don't know. Is is he too busy counting up his money? Like, I don't know what's going on, but this, this is not the guy that we saw last year. And, yeah, if that's my one wish, it's to give Havenstein his power back and, you know, earn every dollar that he's being given. It's a good wish. Uh, David Edwards, actually, the second highest uh, pro football focus graded Rams offensive lineman. Obviously, hasn't played against the tough lines the other guys did. But uh, I will say, I did feel like Haven Science played a little better the last two weeks. Um, but part of that's because we haven't been playing against these brutally good pass rushes. At the same time, we're going to have to play well against these pass rushes because we're going to see them down the stretch in the playoffs. We play San Francisco again. Uh, you got to figure it out. You got to figure that out. Um, any parting thoughts as we head into our bye week? Just kidding. We're back next week. But what, what's your what's your bye week plans? My bye week plans is to watch our our boy Brandon Allen see see how well he plays <laughs> because uh, yeah no no Rams football. Nah, I mean. I'm interested to see how the rest of the NFC West goes, uh, see how terrible the, air quote, terrible the San Francisco 49ers are. Um, yeah. Terrible. That... <laughs> Bruce Irvin. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, that's my parting thought. How about you, Steve? Probably going, like, shopping Sunday. Uh <laughs> Let, let my girlfriend have a day so I don't have to stay on the couch and watch football because we're not playing. So give give her a day, give her a day off. Uh, but I will be definitely be watching either live or on tape this Brandon Allen game because I, too, am curious. All right. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro. Follow Johnny at Johnny5, not 6. And follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Uh, that's it, man. We'll see you all next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash YUM for details.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.